0: For a few moments. Genesis chapter 33. More times than not, people preach 32, but I want to go into 33 and preach uh, just about six verses out of the 33rd chapter of the book of Genesis. Genesis, the first book of the Bible. You can't find the first book of the Bible. You haven't been to church in a long time. (laughs) Still, we're not making fun. We're glad you're here. (laughs) And Jacob lifted up his eyes. And Jacob lifted up his eyes. And Jacob lifted up his eyes and looked and behold, Esau came. And with him four hundred men and he divided the children unto Leah and unto Rachel and unto the two handmaids and he put the handmaids and their children foremost and Leah and her children after and Rachel and Joseph hindermost and he passed over before them and bowed himself to the ground seven times until he came near to his brother and Esau ran to meet him, and embraced him, and fell on his neck, and kissed him, and they wept. And they wept. And they just, they didn't talk, they just wept. And he lifted up his eyes and saw the women and the children and said, who are those with thee? And he said, the children which God hath graciously given thy servant. Then the handmaidens came near, they and their children, and they bowed themselves. And Jacob lifted up his eyes. Say that with me. And Jacob lifted up his eyes. Simple message I want to preach to you. Look at somebody to your right and your left and just say, look up. Look up, look up. Father, I thank you for the opportunity you have given me to feed the flock of God of which the Holy Spirit has made me overseer. I pray that by your divine auspicious grace you might endow me with the fortitude and the vision and the integrity of spirit to be able to impart unto them from the breast milk of Calvary, the sincere milk of the word, which is able to nourish the souls of the saints. Thank you in advance for what you're about to do in this moment and in this place. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we pray. Somebody say, Amen. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. David says, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help, my help cometh from the Lord. He's not looking up because he does not need help. He's looking up because he does need help. The Bible says to look up for your redemption draweth nigh. Another text says, now is your salvation nearer than when you first believed. It's interesting, and if you will allow me just not to assume that you understand who Jacob and Esau are, I want to just give you a little background so that you can understand uh, who they are. Jacob and Esau here are, are brothers, twin brothers, uh, who were born to Isaac and Rebekah, and Isaac was born to Abraham and Sarah. So it's a blessed family. It's the hookup family. It's, it's, it's a dynasty, a, 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 a theological dynasty of excellence. God is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Fine pedigree, great family. Come from good stock. How many of you come from good stock? Come from good stock. You can look back and see, Grandfather, the grandmothers the aunts, the uncles, the people that that had some stuff, you know, some some integrity, you know, some some power, good good solid family. My mother told me whenever you date somebody, meet their family. You had to meet their family. You had to know they came from good stock, good solid, good good solid families, stable stable families, important important family, good stock, you know. I found out from the, you can have good, come from good start and still have bad issues. While I was in New York, we went to see uh, a Broadway play, it's, it's called Stick Fly. I think it was the best play I ever saw in my life. Very powerful, very powerful and, and in it, it depicts uh, families. In in real time, you know, it's almost like reality TV—not not the censored stuff, you know—but the real cut to the chase behind-the-scenes stories. Most time, when you come from good stock, you don't find out the real deal about the family until people are dying at the funeral and stuff. You know, they find out about this other brother who you didn't know you had. that your uncle was really your daddy and that your auntie was really your mama. You know, he, I'm talking about the good stock. I'm not talking about the other families. But even in the good stock, there are serious complications. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sometimes as a minister, you go to a funeral, you gotta be able to break up fights. It's not about being able to eulogize. You gotta be able to, you gotta be, be able to mediate and mitigate. Extenuating circumstances that all come out when emotions begin to fly, people get real, and when people get real, they say all kind of stuff. Even I'm talking about the good family, say Abraham, Ivy, Jay, good, good, gotta go. Oh, good family. Abraham believed God, it was counted unto him as righteousness. Abraham, I'm a friend of that's where you get that from. All the kicking and stuff. Abraham was a friend of God. God's buddy, God's hanging partner hung out together. Abraham believed God so much so that he went out into the woods with a sharp stone and circumcised himself. That's when I decided he was the father of faith. that hell to the chief. You win by default, no contest here, you the man. That's believing God when you got in the woods with a sharp stone and circumcised yourself. That's great faith. Have mercy on the rest of us. And in spite of great faith, there were some some issues. There were some issues. Abraham uh, has has Isaac, and, and Abraham gets old, and Sarah dies, and Isaac needs a wife, and he marries Rebecca. And Rebecca, well, her family had some tendencies to be sneaky and treacherous and devious a lot of the stuff we fight with starts in our families and it becomes the culture that's passed on it's 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 not really in our DNA it's in the cultural way that your family resolves and creates conflict some people only happy when there's drama nice is boring They don't know it, they pray for nice with their lips, but with their heart, they ask for drama. Because drama is as as warm and natural to them as a warm blanket and a bottle filled with milk, nursed on it, raised on it, surrounded by it. You produce it, it becomes the air you breathe and anything that isn't a little bit toxic don't smell right to you. He married into that, <clears throat> and, and they, they did what married people do. And, uh, had these twins, Jacob and Esau, who started fighting in the womb. How are you going to dislike me in the womb, dude? <laughs> what did I say? I can't even talk yet. There are people who hate you it will remain a mystery all of your life as to why in the world we just can't get connected we just come here they, they was fighting in their mama's stomach it's the day that they were born they was fighting in the womb now get out of the way they come here with these issues and Jacob had the favor of his mother, and and Esau really had the favor of his father. Esau was a manly man, big old hairy joker, running through the woods, killing stuff, macho. Yeah, killing venison and stabbing cows in the neck with sticks. (laughs) That's what he did, He he was bad, you know, tough, Conan the Barbarian sort of guy. Jacob didn't have it like that you know he was another sort of guy he kind of was closer to his mother a little bit more artistic and so Jacob could cook and sometimes uh, it didn't look like Jacob measured up because he didn't hunt and he didn't kill and he wasn't physically tough but sometimes people are not physically tough but they're mentally tenacious Never underestimate somebody because they're not strong in the area that you're strong in. Because they can change the rules of the game and pull the fight into an area that you don't have a strength and you can be strong and be defeated. <laughs> that was worth the whole trip over here, what I just said. Yeah. Some of y'all won't get it till you hear them DVD or something, but it, it was it was good. Because you're only bad in your arena. Yeah, yeah. You know, I fight. I knock you out. That's good if we're in a knockout situation. But if we're in a think-out situation, I might whip you to death. Do you have a strength in an area that doesn't count? Are you good at doing something that don't matter? Have you spent your life training to be tough for a community you don't live in? <laughs> that was the case with Jacob. and Esau. Jacob, Jacob fixes some soup, waits till Esau is hungry. Esau has the birthright, the blessing, the favor. Jacob whips him with a bowl of soup. Tricks him out of his birthright because Jacob was sneaky like his mama. Come on sisters I love you girl but come on now I ain't even gonna bother it Lord Jesus now it's not just gender because she was sneaky like her uncle Laban so it's not just genders we're looking at we're looking at tendencies that run through families you know there are certain families that fight everybody in the family can fight everybody can fight I mean grandma can fight old ladies hit you in the head with a walker because they're just hot-headed families there are other families you know that are sharp-witted quick tongue lay you out they just it, I was at the funeral yesterday and everything that said whining's could sing I mean everything that little little baby whining <laughs> Mama whining, then Papa whining, then Sister whining. The whole family, just, if you happen to be a whinist, you just came here yodeling, just could sing. The McClarkins, all of them just can sing, just can sing. Hathaway, certain families, certain things run through families. They all do it. Well, Sneaky ran through their family. Jacob tricked old Esau out of his birthright, altogether just took it from him, playing on his weakness. There's a difference between weakness and wickedness. Always differentiate one from the other. In the world, they see them all as the same, but there is a difference between somebody who is weak and somebody who is wicked. Well, Esau was weak. Jacob was wicked, and wicked tricked weak out of his birthright, because weak is not used to saying no to physical need. And wicked is smart enough to exploit weakness. Lord, that's another good point right there. Mm-hmm. If you weak, don't hook up with wicked. Because wicked will study your weakness and exploit your weakness with their wickedness. J- this is Jacob and Esau. I want you to understand what's going on here. And, and so, so wicked beat weak. And all of a sudden, Esau loses his birthright because he cannot control his urges. You can be set up to be awesome but if you don't learn how to control your urges you can lose your opportunity because you can't control your urges Hmm. so if you're gifted and if you're blessed and if you feel like the hand of destiny is on you you ought to just throw your hands up and say Lord help me with my urges I would hate to lose my birthright for a bowl of soup. Not because I'm wicked but because I'm weak in some areas. I have some hungers. You always are weak for what you didn't get. That's good too. See, had he, had he got some soup he wouldn't be weak for soup. But you always crave what you didn't get, your mama's love, your daddy's favor, whatever you didn't get, that's what you're hungry for. And when people find out what you're hungry for, they will exploit your weakness because there are some people who are wickedly anointed to exploit your weakness. Ah. Glory to God. And it's a struggle. Oh, life is a struggle. It's a struggle. Esau has lost his birthright and Jacob is now the man And Jacob has gotten the birthright and gotten the blessing of his father through a trick and walked away with his stuff. And Esau has been cheated and tricked and maligned and he has every reason to despise Jacob. And the weird thing about it is, Esau is not a believer. And yet he is a good man, but he is not a God man. Jacob is a God man, but he is not a good, oh, y'all don't hear what I'm saying. Do you understand what I'm saying? Jacob is a God man, but he's not a good man. I I gotta dig down into that because, because people today think that if you are a Christian, you have all your issues worked out but it is possible to believe that Jesus died and that he rose up from the dead for your sins and accept him as Lord of your life that doesn't necessarily make you a good husband that doesn't necessarily make you a good wife that doesn't necessarily make you honest in business that doesn't eventually as you are a disciple hopefully you will transform but just because you gave your life to Christ doesn't make mean that you come to work early This is so true that, that I have been maligned by so many Christians that when I get ready to do business and they want to pray first, my eye goes to twitch it. I just, it's just a nervous reaction because I've been through some stuff through people who wanted to pray first. <laughs> Always keep the main thing the main thing. We'll pray in a minute. Can I see this contract? (laughs) Can I, excuse me, can I, can I read that little fine print down up under there that you're going to bring up six months from now and say, Brother (laughs) J. Anyway, Jacob was, (laughs) Jacob, Jacob was a God man, but he was not a good man. It is possible to give your life to Christ, but because of your past and the way you were raised and the culture of your family, struggled to be good. <laughs> I love how y'all get so quiet when I'm preaching. I, see, when, when, when I'm preaching and Bishop Jones is preaching, y'all be breaking your shoes and dancing, pulling your hair out. That's what I want you to do when i preach. Everybody be crying when I'm preaching this stuff. I want you to dance whatever I better be me whatever I'm doing is working for me I tried to be him one time I was throwing a bike like this I hit myself in the lip almost bled to death in front of everybody (laughs) Um, the perplexity here I want you to see this because this is important Esau is not a God man but he is a good man. And there are some people who are better by nature than you are by practice. It, 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 and Jacob, on the other hand, is not a good man. He's got a whole lot of issues, but God has done something in his heart in spite of his issues. So don't send him to hell because he has issues. His issues are a reflection of where he came from. And he's having a struggle wrestling with these issues. He was wrestling in the womb. And then he wrestles to be recognized, stealing an opportunity at the stage. Through coercion and manipulation, he wrestles his way into a place of prominence. And he wrestles until he's wrestled everybody away. Warning, 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 warning. Sneaky people lose last. If you are sneaky, you will end up tricking your way into losing everything. You trick and trick and trick, until now he's by himself. He's got his birthright, but he's lost his brother. It's twin brother. Now, it's not just brothers. It's twin brothers. The brother the type. But twins have been studied to have this unexplainable bond that one twin could be in California and the other one could be in New York and you can attack the one and the other one will know it. They have been together so long. Struggle or not, they are twins. And to lose your twin is to lose part of yourself never spent a day that your twin was not in it you shared nutrients in the womb and now he's separated from a part of himself blessed but disconnected (laughs) I want you to understand the power of this moment they have not seen or spoken or interacted with each other for 20 years Good families have bad problems, extenuating circumstances. Good old praying families have stuff going on that just don't turn out right. Everybody don't live happily ever after. If all the divorced people in here said amen, it would be thunderous. I don't know why y'all sitting there looking all silly at me like you don't understand. This is your third try. And you just looking at them talking about, Lord, I hope Jesus. I'm too old, I have to go through this again. But before I go, I tell it like it is, that's why people either like me or hate me one way or the other, but you will understand me. I tell it like it is and so they got this this thing going where where, where Jacob has got it going on he's he's got his wife Leah and his wife Rachel and he's got his children and he's got a couple of concubines which was allowable at that time no longer permissible in this dispensation. And, and so he he got like four women behind him and all of these kids and a bunch of cows and stuff and he's blessed. On the outside, he's blessed but he's still wrestling on the inside. Do you know what it's like to look good on the outside and be wrestling on the inside, it never shows up on the resume. But once you take the job, we find out the resume look good, but the brother we got in the position is wrestling on the inside. I wish they would fill out a resume correctly, says, I went to Princeton for two years. I got my degree from Harvard. I am very intellectual and articulate, but I am crazy as a drunken bed bug. I will be jealous and manipulative. I can work computers and people. I, I mean, could we have a warning label that let us know that you are mentally dysfunctional? Wouldn't it be easier to date If people would wear a t-shirt that said yeah I'm fine but I am the craziest chick you ever met if you get involved with me I'm gonna mess up the next 20 years of your life guaranteed Wouldn't it be nice lady if he wore a t-shirt and said, look at these triceps, these biceps, these muscles, look at this big burly chest and then turn around, but I'm crazy. I'm gonna hit you in the head with a skillet. I'm gonna end up dating your sister and your mama gonna have to lock the door. It's funny, but all of that is real. All of that is in here. People don't tell you, you sleep with me tonight, I'm going to rock your world and give you AIDS. They don't tell you stuff like that. This to me is important information. <laughs> I would like to be informed. Wear a collar or something. Let it turn orange. Say, I am going to infect you. I just kind of like to know that. Accuse me of being nosy, but inquiring minds want to know. wrestling, Jacob has everything, but he has suddenly begun to realize that he has lost what really matters. He has not seen his brother for 20 years. And in the process of life and wives and children and baby mama drama, he has grown. He's wiser, he's smarter, he's a better man than he used to be. Because even though he was not a good man, he was a God man and if you're a God man, you don't have to be a good man, God will teach you how to be good As you live your life he, he works with you and develops you see comparing comparing Jacob to Esau is like comparing a diamond to a growing cabbage the diamond is Esau he's good he's valuable he's crystal clear he has integrity the cabbage is Jacob he's rough He's woolly, he doesn't have as much valuable, he doesn't have as much value, but understand, though the diamond is brilliant and bright, it is dead. And though the cabbage is rough and has less value, it is alive. And I'd rather be a live cabbage than a dead diamond. The diamond cannot grow because it has no life, but the cabbage can grow because it is alive and Jacob has grown through the things he suffered, through the things he endured, through the things he confronted, through the things he experienced in his life. I wonder is there anybody in here who's wiser now? You, 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 you're just not perfect, but wiser. Not as crazy you're just wiser than you used to be are you wise to the point that there's some things that you did that if you had it to do over you wouldn't do it like that again but at the time your values and your priorities were all in the wrong place and you hate for people to bring it up because you can't change what you did and you can't change where you've been and you're embarrassed about the choices that you made but you're wiser now and you're smarter now and you're stronger now and when you praise God you're praising God that he didn't give up on you that he didn't destroy you that he didn't kill you that he didn't walk away from you you're not praising God because you got a new dress you're not praying the God because you got a new house you're not praying God because you got a cute man you praise the God you didn't lose your mind you are praying to God that you survived the storm. you are pray to God that you're still here. I'm Jacob, but I made it. I'm limping, but I survived. I'm hurting, but I'm here. I'm broke, but I'm blessed. Somebody who understands what I'm talking about. Give our God some praise. Oh, yes. Look at your neighbor and say, you should hear my real testimony. Yeah. Yeah, I'd have to whisper it. I'd have to get you to sign a contract. We'd have to sign a disclaimer. Cause I bet you most people in here have never told anybody everything. You tell them something, you tell them something, and you tell them something, but you don't tell anybody everything Because they, they couldn't, he laugh and made me laugh. They couldn't handle the truth. Now, Jacob has spent 20 years of living with losses. 20 years, he's had sons, he's had daughters, he's had love, he's had life. He's fallen in love, he's had sex, he's had all that life has to offer with losses. Something missing out of his life. The nagging, gnawing, feeling that something is missing out of your life. Not everything missing, but something missing out of your life. Small things out of place can be painful. A bone spur under your knee can be painful. A a piece of gravel in your shoe can be painful. To have anything out of place can cause you great pain, but when you sense that something or someone is missing. No matter how mad or angry or upset you may be at them, now you're wrestling between being angry and being in love. Have you ever had a fight with your feelings? (laughs) See, I would much rather fight you. Stand up. Big as you are. Tough and strong as you are. I would much rather fight you because every punch I land on you I don't feel the pain it is much better to kick you than to kick myself when I fight myself I incur the conflict and the pain from my own wrath have you ever been mad at yourself laying in the bed at two o'clock in the morning, fighting with yourself, saying, I wish I had the It's your fault you in this, man. You always do that. Have you ever got into a fight with yourself? Have you ever cussed yourself? Woo, come get the mic, I'm too old, I'm over 50, I'm talking too much. Have you ever looked at the mirror and said, you fool, you did it again. Have you ever done something so dumb that you lost respect for yourself? Jacob has spent 20 years with no Esau to fight. He is now fighting himself. That's what loneliness will do. (laughs) And Jacob was left alone. When you are left alone, and there's nobody left to blame, you fight with yourself. Having lived long enough to have a pattern of losses, when you get through defending yourself to all your critics who are saying similar things about you left alone, you admit they can't all be lying on me. Everybody ain't lying on you. Oh, it's quiet this morning, Jesus. (laughs) And Jacob is left alone to admit that he has been a fool. And he's older. Because time doesn't wait on you to grow up. And into his struggle comes God. God steps into the fight. (laughs) Have you ever had God step into the fight? I believe that's what David meant when he said, Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. In between the weeping and the joy, in between the night, And the morning, there is God who steps into the weeping of your midnight and says, you'll never make it to joy without me because I know who you really are. I know what you can really do. I know what you can really have. And Jacob ended up wrestling with God because Jacob has been wrestling all of his life. (laughs) everything came at him he fought it he fought everything and everybody he fought his brother he fought himself and in the 32nd chapter of Genesis he's fighting God some of you have a pathology of conflict everything That ever tried to help you, you fought it. Even God. And he's wrestling with God, and he's wrestling, and when God saw that he was running out of time, he had to hurt him to help him. Shata. Sometimes You are so strong-willed and so stubborn and so tough and such a warrior that God sees that the only way to help you, he helped him with the sermon, he helped him with the song, he helped her with the job, he helped her with the man, but God said, when I see you, look at how I bless you and you're still crazy. I'm going to have to hurt you in order to help you because nothing that I gave you has brought about the transformation transformation that you need, and so I broke you so I could bless you. I'm almost finished. And he takes him up on the mountaintop. He takes him to the mountaintop and he beats him into submission. Have you ever been in a fight with God? Your arms are too short to box with God. You cannot win in a fight with God. And there, fighting with God, Jacob finally finds out who he is. His purpose, his destiny, his calling. He's no longer so desperate for man's praise to validate his existence because now he finally has had his questions answered and he knows my god I don't know who I'm preaching for this morning but somebody has finally come to the point that you no not longer need the accolades of men to make you feel good I feel like I'm talking about somebody he has restored his horizontal connection with God. And even though it cost him something to know God like he knows him, even though it cost him something, to have the anointing that he carries. Even though it cost him something to walk in the wisdom that he now has, he comes down from the mountain having been with God. Being with God is so strong that they changed the name of the mountain to Penuel for he says, I have seen God face to face, and my life has been preserved. In other words, I've been through what should have killed me, and yet I am still here, for no man has seen God and live, and yet I have seen it. I'm living, but I'm still here. I buried my body. The marks of my experience, and as soon as his vertical relationship is reattached to God, he comes down off a of penuel limping. Ooh, I can feel the weight of every limping man and every limping woman in this room. You survived, but you got a limp to prove you've been in a fight. You, you're still here, but you it changed you forever. He comes down in the shot of the mountain, and he's limping. And he, he gets... His wife, Leah, his old tangle eyed. <clears throat> Marriage, he wished he hadn't got into wife, Leah. He gets his two tricks, and, and Rachel the love of his life and he's back to normal except this morning joy is coming in the morning he's been with God through the night and he's wiser and he looks up see you can't get what God has for you, until you look up. If, if, watch this, if you look down, you'll always see what limps in you, what hurts in you, what aches in you. But if you look up, you will see what God has in store for you to whoever I'm preaching to, God said, if you will look up, I will restore unto you the years that the canker worm and the palmer worm and the locusts have eaten up. The years, the 20 years you lost in separation because you weren't mature enough to manage your own feelings. God said if you look up, I'll give you back what the enemy stole from you. God said if you look up, I'll restore what life beat out of you. If you look up, I'll put back in you what your past took out of you. If you look up, I'll give you back relationships I'll make your enemies be at peace with you. I'll give you favor with God and man. I'll open up a door. I'll make a way out of no way. Slap your neighbor and say, look up. And when he looked up, he saw Esau. Cause the test to the authenticity of what happened between you and God is proven by what happens between you and people. If you really had the experience you say you had with God on the mountain, it ought to affect how you treat me when you come down off the mountain. If you're still mad at me, it's a sign you haven't been with him because if you ever get with him and he forgives you, it will make you forgive me. So. Comes down off the mountain and he looks up, and here comes Esau, and he he hasn't had this opportunity. Twenty years. It took him twenty years to grow up enough to confront his own wickedness. And he sees Esau. Esau is whatever you miss whatever you lost whatever you messed up whatever got away from you Esau is what some people never get it's a second chance it's a second chance IT'S A SECOND CHANCE. THE DEVIL IS GAMBLING THAT HE'S STILL AS STUPID AS HE WAS BEFORE, THAT HE WILL STILL HOLD ON TO THE PETTINESS OF HIS PAST, THAT HE HAS NOT MATURED ENOUGH TO LET GO OF YESTERDAY SO HE COULD HAVE TODAY. The devil is gambling that he will not look up and look out and see what God is about to do in his life. And he sees Esau and he says to the women, stay here. I know you love me, Rachel, but you can't fight my devil for me. I got to fight this by myself. This is the test to see if I really have let go of who I was. Behold, Esau cometh. And I never understood what the Bible said here. I have a Nigerian friend And he was telling me in the tribe he's from, when you haven't seen somebody you really like for a long time, you may be crossing the street from them. When they're really in, they bow while they walk. Coming up on him It's a sign that there is a special connection between us. And Jacob started bowing (laughs) while he was walking (laughs) said I'm not there yet but I'm on the way some of you you ain't got it back yet but you're on your way and the closer you get to it the more you bow at it say I may not be what I ought to be but Lord I thank you I'm not who I used to be (laughs) I thank you, I don't think like I used to think. And I don't feel like I used to feel. And when he started bowing, Esau started running. Esau, who had every right to be angry, started running toward him. And when they got together, They fell on each other, and they wept. They didn't talk, they didn't tell, they didn't explain, they didn't get to get vindicated through a discussion. Some stuff is not even worth bringing up. You're just so glad to have another chance to fix the mess you came from. that they fell on each other's neck and they wept I don't know what your Esau is but I declare unto you it's coming down the road your Esau is coming down the road to prove whether you have an experience with God or not your Esau a your Esau is running down to meet you. I don't know who I'm preaching to this morning, but the Lord should be here to tell you, behold, Esau is coming down the road. You might as well start bowing now, because a second chance is coming down the road. A new beginning is coming down the road. A NEW OPPORTUNITY! So... The real... <clears throat> the real test in life is not over what happens to you. For the rain will come on the just and the unjust. Stuff happens to everybody, poor and rich, black and white, young and old, male and female. Nobody escapes trouble. But I have learned it is not what happens to me that matters. Is how I handle it. And if I can let go of what happened back then, then I can embrace what's coming down road. That's my thought. I (laughs) would ask you to do something. I want you to stand. And I know Everybody doesn't have the courage yet. And some people, you haven't suffered enough, been through enough yet. You're still too angry and too stubborn and too full of yourself. You're still fighting God. You ain't finished fighting yet. But I'm hoping that there's somebody in this church that's tired of fighting. been fighting all your life. You fought through your childhood. You're fighting through your adult life. You fight everything. When you're by yourself and there ain't nobody else to fight, you fight you. And when God tries to change you, you fight him. It's a sneaky fight, but it's still a fight because you could have said yes long time ago. Well, yeah. I want you to confront yourself. <coughs> You're so good at confronting people Confront you. You know what everybody ought to do. You know what's wrong with your husband. You know exactly what your wife should have been doing. You got lots of lessons for your kids. Kids, you got lots of lessons for your parents. You know exactly what a good daddy and a good mama ought to be. Now's an opportunity to have a lesson for yourself. Close your eyes, can't see nobody to blame. No advice to give to no one. If you have really had an encounter with God, it will change how you treat me. your family, the people you work with, the people in your life, the people God has entrusted you with, are waiting on you to release all of that stuff you've collected ever since you were the child and be the person that God has called you to be. And I'm not saying that it's easy. I'm really not, and I'm not saying that it's always instantaneous but it will not happen until you look up from where you are and until you let the past go. And I want you for the next two or three minutes, you can spend the rest of the afternoon. I want you to spend a few minutes talking to God about you and what you need to release in order to make this half of your life the best half of your life. And I challenge you to stop lying to yourself. Please stop lying to yourself. You're delaying the transformation. You're stopping the change. God wants to bring Esau down the road. You've been praying for a better year, but are you ready? Can you handle what God wants to give you? Or are your hands still filled up with what happened to you? Are you prepared to make a covenant with God? I don't care if you don't shout. I don't care if you don't dance. BUT I CARE IF YOU DON'T CHANGE. THE HOLY SPIRIT, THE HOLY SPIRIT HAS SOMETHING FOR YOU. AND YOU'RE ABOUT TO MISS IT. AND AS YOUR WATCHMAN ON THE WALL, I am called to warn you. I feel a spirit of change in this room. You don't have that every Sunday. It doesn't happen every day. It doesn't happen with every sermon. It doesn't happen with every message. But the possibility and the power and the potential of a real life-changing moment is here right now. If your pride could fall, and if your flesh could fall, and if yourself could fall, God, would do something for you. You've been always looking in. It's time for you to look up. <laughs> Reach out and join hands with somebody. That person you're touching is in the struggle too. They're in the struggle too. There's some things that God wants to do in her life and in his life that are vitally important too. And it's not easy. <laughs> and it's not easy whether you're rich and famous or whether you're poor and alone. It doesn't make any difference. Death knocks on everybody's door just the same. Big funerals, little funerals, can sing, can't sing, good looking, not good looking, death is the great equalizer. Glory to God, what you have right now is an opportunity. Squeeze that hand. God wants to make a covenant with you right now, that a real transformation would happen, that some old ghosts would be eradicated out of your life that some old tendencies and old tempers and old hostilities would move out of your spirit. God wants to speak down in you, hallelujah, that this would be a moment of transformation in your soul, in your soul. You always ask God about your pocketbook, but your problem is not in your wallet. It's in your heart. It's in your head. If God could get in your heart and get in your head, your wallet would not be a problem. But he had to hit you where you could feel it to get your attention, Jacob. God wants your heart, man. Squeeze that hand. The glory of the Lord is moving through this place. Ah! Glory. Glory, glory. The anointing of God is sweeping up the aisles and touching people and touching marriages and ministering to single people and kids and brothers and sisters.